And then they read what the Spirit was giving them about what was to come, about the Messiah. And Peter says, they read concerning the suffering, the sufferings of the Messiah. The Spirit of Christ, that is the Holy Spirit, was pointing them to the sufferings of the Messiah. That's what God had in store. But also, the glories that would follow. Long foretold for your benefit is the story long prophesied, revealed by the Spirit, given by the foreknowledge and planned out with the foreknowledge of God the Father and carried out by His Son, that the Christ would face the cross, but after that, the crown. That was God's plan, long written down. This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. June 12, 2022. 1 Peter 1, 1-12. God doesn't promise us that we're going to have our best life with everything going well. God doesn't tell you you're not going to face troubles if you just trust in him. God doesn't say you're going to be happy as the world considers you to be happy if you just follow his ways. But he does promise joy. And he does promise a conclusion that brings us joy, no matter what we endure or what trials we face throughout this world. That's what we'll be looking as we consider God's word written to us from a man that you, you wouldn't expect to hear that from, someone like, like Peter, a man who tried to turn aside Jesus from the cross, a man who was afraid of suffering. But through him, God brings us a message that encourages us whatever we face throughout our life, and today we see how it's a message that was long foretold to build us up in our faith. We'll see this morning as we begin our series in 1 Peter how we go from cross to crown. Just as Jesus went from cross to crown, we, we follow him, facing our trials, but also headed towards glory. We'll begin this morning with 1 Peter chapter 1. There we see Peter addressing us as, really, he writes to the, the scattered believers, he says. He calls them exiles, scattered throughout, and he, he describes Asia Minor, a place in the ancient Roman Empire that had first heard the gospel outside of Israel, had established churches from the missionary Paul and Silas and Timothy. And so Peter writes to them and says, you, you God's elect, you are those who have been chosen now, when you're facing trouble, when you're facing trials, that might be hard to, to digest, that, that God chose you not only to be his own, but to face trials. But Jesus, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, chose you from eternity by the foreknowledge of the Father to be sanctified by the Spirit and to be sprinkled with Christ's blood. Right away, we see at the start of Peter's letter what we're celebrating today. We have a triune God who has chosen you in grace and who will carry you, you scattered believers throughout the world, to the end goal. Peter starts out with a song or a hymn of praise. Praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, this Trinity Sunday, we see our, our God who's active. He says, in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's our faith. Everything that we face has to be framed in this mindset. 
Why did we spend seven weeks previously celebrating the season of Easter? It's the, the heart of our faith. Praise to God who's given you new birth. That's You've been born again by the work of the Spirit. And through faith in Christ, you have joined with Christ in his resurrection and resurrection hope. Jesus is alive. This Son of God who came to this world, and yes, as Peter later mentions, died for you, is alive again. And that's going to change our whole perspective. First of all, Peter says, because of Jesus' resurrection, you have something. Something which can never be taken away from you. You have an inheritance. If you've seen the prices of houses lately, I think real estate has a a pretty high value right now, and it's a high commodity. In fact, there, there are people that are listing houses for rent in the valley and doing it falsely to try to get people to give them a down payment just so they can get a little bit of money because so many houses are listed for so expensive people can't even afford to buy one. To know that you have a place to live, a place where you're safe and secure, can make a big difference. Well, Peter says, you have an inheritance. And notice, too, he says, it's an inheritance. You who have been born again, born into the family of God, you are going to receive this inheritance. You don't have to worry about paying the price. You don't have to worry about obtaining it or paying off the debt later on. You are going to inherit it. That right there is part of our our living hope. That the living Jesus who has ascended to God's right hand says, I have a place for you. It's yours. Peter describes our inheritance. It's one that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Even if you have a a good inheritance or a good home right now, you know how long that lasts. I was talking with someone who moved to Pace and they they bought a really nice house on the edge of town at a nice overlooking view. I think the house was only 10 years old. But then they had to explain to me the, the house that they had just bought, even though it passed inspection, was infested with rats. That can happen in this world. An inheritance that is, I guess, spoiled. And maybe some of us have houses that need new roofs. Our, our church is going to need some new roofing coming up this summer. Uh, the, the fellowship hall, that is. They fade. And eventually they will perish. This world cannot last and we cannot last. But our living hope and our living Jesus is an inheritance that will, will never be infested, will never perish, and will never fade away. Picture eternity with Christ. Brothers and sisters, scattered believers, when you, when you keep that on your mindset, then you can endure what Peter mentions next. It's an inheritance kept secure in heaven, and you're shielded right now by God's power until he comes again, and that's yours. Peter says, you rejoice in this, even though, and here's the cross part, even though for a little while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Peter was once told by Jesus that as he got older, about the time he appears to have written this letter, he would be led where he did not want to go, indicating the the type of death he would die against his will. Peter, along with the other apostles, save the apostle John, all died an early death because of their faith. And Peter was writing to believers who initially were persecuted and often chased out of their homes, out of their synagogues, 
And as we find just a few short years, probably after this, as the writer to the Hebrew writes, many of them lost their homes and possessions in Jerusalem, and it would spread throughout the Roman Empire for centuries. Peter writes to that kind of people. And though you and I are not probably losing our property because of the various trials of our faith, some Christians today are. They hear these words and they think of their inheritance. And maybe we're not losing our home, but this temple, this body that we have is perishing. And some of us might be losing our home too. Whatever happens to us, the afflictions that we face, Peter says, in this you rejoice. Can you picture the long line of believers going from cross to crown as they're walking that road of this life, facing what Peter calls various trials and rejoicing. How can we rejoice when we're facing such various trials of a a world that will perish, spoil, and fade? Peter says, in this you rejoice. In your inheritance you rejoice. Your, your faith holds on to the hope that is yours to come so that right now nothing can diminish your joy. I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm robbed of joy, when, when there's uncertainty, when there's loss, when there's pain. Put your eyes on your inheritance. Peter says, for a little while you suffer grief. Picture what this life is, how short it is compared to the eternal, unfading inheritance. For a little while you face grief, but you face it for a purpose, Peter says. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, even though gold perishes, someday this world will be destroyed, may result in praise and honor and glory when Christ comes again. Picture, believers, how you face your trials in this life, And someday, you will be able to praise your God for bringing you through the trials and through the crosses to the crown. So Peter describes faith for us. You have not seen him. Peter saw Jesus. Peter saw the living Lord, but you haven't. But you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And he fills you with joy, inexpressible, glorious joy. Because you know the end result you are receiving of your faith your salvation. This is something that has been long foretold, brothers and sisters. God's plan is for you to go from cross to crown. Peter gets into that as he closes the portion we'll consider today. He says, concerning this salvation, that is your inheritance, your Christ who died and rose again to give you that inheritance, the prophets spoke of the grace that was to come to you, and they searched intently with greatest care. Can you picture the suffering prophets like Jeremiah, Daniel, Moses, and men who endured like Job and Abraham, those who recorded God's word like David as he fled, they suffered various trials too. And then they read what the Spirit was giving them about what was to come, about the Messiah. And Peter says they read concerning the suffering, the sufferings of the Messiah. The Spirit of Christ, that is the Holy Spirit, was pointing them to the sufferings of the Messiah. That's what God had in store. But also, the glories that would follow. Long foretold for your benefit, 
is the story long prophesied, revealed by the Spirit, given by the foreknowledge and planned out with the foreknowledge of God the Father and carried out by His Son, that the Christ would face the cross, but after that, the crown. Can you picture Peter, who didn't want to suffer? At one point he said to Jesus, when Jesus told him about the cross, no, Jesus, you'll never do that, to the point where Jesus had to rebuke Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to go to the cross. And then when it, when it came to the time when they were in the garden, Peter said, Lord, shall we draw our swords? And he starts to fight because he would not let his Lord go to the cross. But that was God's plan, long written down. And the son said, shall I not carry out and drink the cup the Father's given me? And what the prophets wrote down long ago, things angels longed to search into, was fulfilled as Jesus the Christ was bound and standing in the courtyard. And there is Peter once again. He doesn't want to face the cross. Peter denies his Lord out of fear. Why? Because I don't want to suffer too. But Peter learned when he saw the risen Jesus and heard of the glory that is to come, that through the sufferings and the trials, God is leading us to join with Christ. Christ, who suffered once and for all in our place. The, the glories that followed of the Messiah include the inheritance that is yours. You have been born again by the work of the Spirit to faith in a God you do not now see, but one day will. And will see the glorious gift, the inheritance that he has for you. So that whatever trial you face in this life, the various trial for a little while, you know, cannot diminish your joy cannot diminish the everlasting and eternal crown that is yours in Christ. Peter says, the things that they spoke of have now been told to you by those who preach the gospel. Preach the gospel by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which even angels long to look into. As we look at the path of Christ, we celebrate this Trinity Sunday how the plan of our Father included the cross and the crown, which His Son faced for us. And now, sitting in glory at His crown, He tells you, scattered believers, exiles in this world, strangers, that you will endure trials. But keep your eyes on the inheritance, on the plan that God has called you to face. And know that just as God told through the prophets and those who preach the gospel to you, His plan will not fail. And your faith, far more precious than the perishing things of this world, will result in praise as we join with the vision of heaven that Isaiah the prophet saw, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, as we praise him in all his glory. Amen.